All right, welcome back to the Biased Opinion Sports Podcast. Uh, it's conference championship week in college football. Big episode, going to talk some ND playoff scenarios. Obviously a really weird year because of COVID, so um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a couple different chaos scenarios, I guess, to play out this weekend. Um, caused a lot of confusion that there already is a lot of confusion, I guess, uh, this year's playoff, but yeah, get us started, PJ. Yeah, it is weird that we're talking about Notre Dame playing a game during a conference championship weekend in the ACC championship game against Clemson. These two teams already played, obviously, earlier in the year in early November, and it was probably the game of the season, I guess, you would say. Definitely. I've not seen a better game than that. Definitely. Now, Clemson was shorthanded without Trevor Lawrence. He got COVID, and they had a few players on defense that were injured. But and Notre Dame was at home, and it was a double overtime win, but I don't think it can take anything away from Notre Dame. They beat the number one team in the country. They played the game, and they won. Now it's Clemson's favorite by like 10.5 in this game, so Vegas is all in on Dabo, not losing to Brian Kelly twice in a row. And you would have to think that Clemson's playoff hopes are on the line. It'd be tough to lose to the best opponent on your schedule and then get in if you're Clemson. And then their best win was against Miami. And Miami just gave up 70 points to Mack in North Carolina. So I don't even know how Miami stayed in the <laughs> rankings after that game. So Clemson really has no good wins, and their claim to fame would be we played like 11 games and lost to the number two team in the country twice, but I don't know. I think most people in Clemson probably feel this is a playoff game for them. So that gives them a ton of motivation going into the game. But I think Notre Dame also has a lot of motivation as well. Because you hear all these analysts saying, well, now Clemson gets Trevor back and they got all these players on defense back. And the ESPN commercial, before every single time it comes on, the advertisement for the game is, now you face the real Clemson, which... I don't really understand. I mean, who did Notre yeah. Dame play the first time? They were Coastal Carolina or South Carolina? Or who came to play Notre Dame that game? <laughs> it was it was Clemson. So, I think both teams have a lot of motivation. Notre Dame has got motivation from Vegas, from the analysts, saying that Clemson's getting all these players back and that they're going to steamroll Notre Dame. And then Clemson, I mean, no, there's no other way to put it, but their season's on the line. So, I think it's going to be tough for Notre Dame to beat Clemson with Dabo's backs against the wall. I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I I don't know. This game's weird to me because I think, I mean, the, this ND team after that Clemson game, it just seemed different, way different than any other, uh, ND team that I've seen in my lifetime. And just the confidence level and the, the, just the confidence level and the whole kind of aura about the team is just it's different. It's no longer. The the Ian Book didn't go into that Clemson game with happy feet like we've seen him go into every other big game and every other ND quarterback that I can remember go into every big game with happy feet, it seems like. And the whole team kind of just... It seems like every time they played a big game for the last 10 years or whatever, first play of the game, the other team would rip off like a 60-yard run, kick return a touchdown, would throw a pick. <laughs> Something would always happen at the very beginning of the game and you knew it was over 40, 45 seconds in or would choke, is whether it be the... Deshaun Kaiser two point conversion against Clemson, or the game against Georgia where we lost by one point or whatever, and it's just the Florida State game. It goes on and on, but I mean that game against Clemson, that Kyron Williams run, the first first series takes it to the house, seventy yard house call, or whatever it was, against Clemson. That had nothing to do with Trevor Lawrence. That had nothing to do with you know not the real Clemson. I mean, that was our running back and our offensive line playing smash mouth football, <laughs> and I think. That's just a different ND team, and that, that's that, that's something that Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson do to everyone else, and ND was doing it to Clemson. So I think I think ND is being vastly underrated in this game. Is right now they're ten and a half point dogs. I don't in I in the last game I think the two best players in the field, the three best players in the field were Ian Book, Kyron Williams, and I think Uyunglele was that was one of the best performances of a freshman QB I've ever seen. 
against the number two team in the country. That kid, I've never seen a freshman QB look that poised since Trevor probably. And I don't, I think he's getting, I think that kid is getting vastly underrated. And I think Trevor is getting overrated. I do. I've, I've said it before on this podcast. I'm not sold on Trevor. It, he has, everyone since he gets hyped up as the best prospect since Peyton Manning. People think he's untouchable. It's like, well, it's, they think he's like the LeBron James of football. He never has a bad game. And he, Trevor, what, two weeks ago? I think he had like 120 passing yards. I'm not sold. Yeah, the first game, what stood out was the rushing yards. Notre Dame rushed for 208 rushing yards. 65 of those came on the first play of the game, and then Ian Book accounted for 67 of those. Most, some of those were design runs, but also scrambles. So if you take out Ian Book and then the first rush of the game, Notre Dame probably averaged like three yards a carry. Well, they weren't going backwards, but they weren't like running it down Clemson's throat the whole time. Clemson, on the other hand, rushed for 34 yards. I think that was the most impressive thing was how Notre Dame's D-line was able to stop Clemson's rushing attack, especially uh, Etienne. 18 carries for 28 yards. I mean, who's doing that to Travis Etienne? Not, not very many teams. And also, if you watch the highlights, Travis Etienne probably had five carries that totaled like 30 yards. He had a few scampers where he got five yards and 10 yards. And then there was this other times where he got hit behind the line of scrimmage on multiple occasions. But DJ Uyengale, he added nothing in the run game. So I think that's where Trevor Lawrence is going to add something for this Clemson offense. If you have to account for Trevor Lawrence in the run game, I don't think you can stop Travis Etienne for 18 carries for 28 yards. So that's going to be probably the toughest part. And then also, the Notre Dame secondary probably has to perform a little bit better, and Clemson probably has the advantage on the outside with their receivers against Notre Dame secondary that's starting a true freshman in the corner. And then the, and this, Kyle Hamilton's a great safety, but he kind of plays more towards the line of scrimmage. He's not like a center fielder. So I think Notre Dame has to limit the big plays on defense. But also, Notre Dame's been well coached on defense the whole year. Defensive coordinator Clark Lee, he's definitely going to put his players in a good position to succeed. So if the coaches come up with a good game plan, and even though Clemson might have more talent on offense than Notre Dame's defense, I think Notre Dame's defense can still hold on. Yeah, I I think there's going to be a close game again. Um, I think it's really important that ND doesn't, doesn't get blown out because I think – it's one thing if they lose this game close and obviously be a heartbreaking loss, but you already beat this team. You know you can beat this team. If you play them close, it shows that you're on that level still. Uh, and you, I think you're still enter the playoffs. I think you maybe even a little bit more fired up than you would be um, coming off a close loss and kind of you enter the playoffs, with you still have that confidence level. Whereas if, if Clemson comes out, the, uh, the, the slight chance that I think Clemson could, I don't know, the wheels fall off for this ND team. And Trevor just throws for 450 yards and four touchdowns or something. And it's just like, it's a two-score, three-score loss for ND, and it's just never close. That's that's when it's panic time, because ND will still make the playoff, but... Then you so get you, Bama. Then you get Bama. You're coming off a multi-score <laughs> loss to Clemson. I don't see how that goes well for this team. So I think, I mean, at the very least, ND needs to keep it close, and I don't think that's asking too much, and I think that they're capable, and that's why I expect it to be a close game. Um but also, I want Trevor Lawrence since coming back from COVID. This is two of two. His two worst games of the season in terms of pass rating have come in the lot in the three games he's played since coming back, and the last game he played against Virginia Tech. It's not good this year. Virginia Tech's bad this year. Twelve of twenty-two. It's fifty-four percent completion percentage, for one hundred ninety-five passing yards, one touchdown, and one pick. Uh, he did have two rushing scores, but it's not. He only had forty rushing yards. It's not like he was. Um, Lamar Jackson out there, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, 
I think the upgrade from Uyunglele to Trevor as a passer against his ND team with how ND dominated the trenches last time, if they can get to Trevor, um, obviously the guy's probably the most talented quarterback in college football. Not Can't really take away from that, but I think it's 10.5 points is... I think the nation is underrating ND, and I think they're overrating Trevor Lawrence there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if ND wins, Clemson potentially get knocked out. Uh, and ND, I think, I, that's when you... I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, but if ND beats Clemson again, that's when they beat Trevor Lawrence in the ACC championship. I mean, you've arrived as a program. I think that, I think that puts you in the Alabama-Clemson-Ohio State untouchable group that has eluded this team and pretty much every other team in the country for the last however many years. Yeah, and since the Clemson game, the Clemson game was the first game that Ian Book really showed us how good he could really be. He basically won the game for Notre Dame, and he took them on a 90-yard drive in 90 seconds to tie the game in regulation. I mean, Clemson, what's not going to happen this time is Notre Dame's not going to be at home. Clemson also turned the ball over twice in like a two-minute stretch again, Notre Dame 10 points. Both teams kicked two field goals like inside the red zone. And Nerdy kicked on like the one yard line. Clemson also kicked like two short field goals. So both teams got stingy on defense in the red zone. And then Nerdy's passing game since the Clemson game has gotten much better. So even if Nerdy can't run the ball, in, in the past, Nerdy hasn't been able to run the ball. They can't really do anything through the air because Ian Book was either younger, or the receivers on the outside weren't making plays. But now, like, Javon McKinley's almost un- unguardable out there. He's turned yeah. into a great receiver, and then... He looks like Des Bryant. He does. And then also in the first Clemson game, Kyron Williams' pass blocking was ridiculous. <laughs> Clemson would bring six guys every single time, and Kyron Williams would shuffle over, find the guy, get blown up, give Book time to throw, and then Book would find the guy and make the pass. So, Also, I think for the Notre Dame offense, I'd like to see more running back screens. If Clemson's going to bring six guys, I don't know why we had to let Kyron Williams get blown up every single time. I agree. He does the job very well, but like, let's... Let a few offensive linemen let him go, and then get an offensive lineman running downfield and blocking people downfield, and then throw a screen pass. I agree, and we have the big receivers too that can make those blocks downfield. And I'd like to see Tyree get some screens too, because when every time Tyree gets the ball in space, he's gone. And it's not I Kyron Williams is always the workhorse, but Chris Tyree, the freshman, I mean th- that guy is four three speed. I, I I agree. Running back screens is definitely something they should incorporate into the offense. T- Tommy Reese needs to. Expand his playbook maybe a little bit for this Clemson, the Clemson rematch because Dabo knows what's coming now. Yeah, and I guess you can also say this is a playoff game for Notre Dame too because if, if you lose this game, I still think Notre Dame should be three, but the playoff committee is not going to put them three because they're not going to have Clemson and Notre Dame play a third time. So they'll just move Ohio State up to number three. And then once you play Alabama, you're basically you're done. I mean, that's just not going to that's not gonna work. Yeah, Coming off a lot. I, I mean, they I know. They'll probably be favored by more than what Clemson's favored by. I don't know if I agree with it. Like, I don't think I agree with Bama being... I don't think Bama's as good as they... I, this might be the... In my opinion, this is probably the worst Bama... The least intimidating Bama team of uh, in a very long time, in my opinion. This, the defense just isn't what it was. It, it, it isn't, it's probably the worst defense I've seen Saban have ever. And Mac Jones... I guess, but who's guarding Devontae Smith? And who's, stop, I, who's stopping Najee Harris? That Najee Harris is the most scary player on the team, but... In a sh- I think Ian Book could be can beat Mac Jones in a shootout. I Ian Book's beating Clemson. Who's Mac Jones beating? Nobody. I guess all I'm saying is that there's a lot of incentive for Notre Dame to win this game. You definitely want to avoid Bama. You want to put Bama off for as long as possible, and you have a chance to knock out Clemson. And also on the other on the other side of that, who won Bama's tackling Kyron Williams? That Bama defense is bad. 
The Bama defense got shredded every... They made, they they made Stetson Bennett look like yeah, but that was like a month Johnny ago. Manziel. They've played really well since. I'm not... I don't, I don't think Bama's defense is very good. I just... Bama... I mean, they're probably... I don't... I think ND deserves to be the number one team in the country over Bama right now because who is Bama beating? Texas A&M, they killed them, and Georgia. And Texas A&M is probably a fraud. Their only win was a one-score win at home against a Gators team that's not looking too good right now. <laughs> and that one-score win was the first real home game of the college football season with fans pretty much for any big team. And after the game, Florida's, Florida was rattled about it. And <laughs> it was an early season loss. I think Texas A&M isn't, isn't a quality win. As, or as quality as the number five, being the number five team in the country would, would lead you to believe. And Georgia doesn't have a quarterback, so I don't... Also for Notre Dame, this would be the mo- probably the most legendary win in program history because everyone says Notre Dame needs to join a conference and Notre Dame can't get into the playoff unless they join a conference. If you, in your first year of joining a conference, <laughs> beat Tavo Sweeney... And Trevor Lawrence once and twice beat them twice. You can't you can't top that. You just get out of the ACC immediately. And the people who say Notre Dame needs to join a conference can look at the film on November seventh at Notre Dame Stadium and can look at the film on December nineteenth in Charlotte. Eleven and that, that's all you need to see. I mean, yeah, I, that would I, that would be the most legendary season ever. That's all Michigan fans have have had on ND or anyone pretty much too. It's the number one comeback for all those like sorry programs. BC fans like oh join a conference like you go ten and zero and you beat Clemson twice. What more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah, I even if they don't beat Clemson, if it's a close loss, I still think those people have been shut up forever, uh, in terms of the join a conference people. I just, I don't the the whole join a conference thing never made sense to begin with because, it, you you complain about join a conference your schedule is weak and then ND joins a conference and they play. Duke, South Florida, Florida State, who's terrible, uh, BC, I hate that program, they're horrible, Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Cuse. So I don't, the whole join a schedule and Louisville. So it's like, join a schedule, or join a conference, sorry, to get a tough schedule thing makes no sense, it never has. There's one deep conference in the country probably, and... ND plays just as tough a schedule, if not a tougher schedule, than most of these uh, big-time programs. So I don't... Like, Ohio State's signature win this year isn't going to be Indiana. So I don't I don't understand the joint of conference people. Um, never have. I don't think they ever had an argument to begin with. But yeah, I agree. This really shuts those people up. And I mean, this is a huge game for ND. I, I think I think ND's going to win. I'm, I'm very biased. But I think... And Trevor Lawrence is great and all, but the trenches where that game was won, and I don't see anything changing there. So, um, give me ND and Kyron Williams player of the game again. I think that guy's going to feast again. I don't see who on Clemson's tackling him. Uh, if they couldn't do it the first time, I don't know how they're going to stop it, stop it now. So, uh, yeah, but I don't know. Hopefully it's another great game because that was one of the best college football games I've ever watched, personally. Yeah, I guess my official prediction will be Clemson 31, Notre Dame 27. I think Notre Dame... We'll have the ball at the end of the game, needing a touchdown. I don't, I don't think they're gonna get it. That's just my gut prediction. I, I think it's a different ND team. I don't think that's. I don't think that crap is gonna happen one more time. I can't. I don't know if I can handle watching ND choke like that one more time, uh, against in a big game. So give me ND twenty eight, Clemson twenty four. Uh, ground and pound game. Although ET, I don't see how he's going anywhere. It's probably Kyron, Kyron Book versus Trevor. Uh, airing it out, but uh, I think I think ND's gonna pick off Trevor once too. Yeah, you're not, you're not sold on Trevor. I'm not. I th- I Trevor Lawrence 
I, he's good. He's a talented football player, but the Peyton Manning with legs comments about Trevor that we, the surefire. No, I think he's gonna throw a pick against ND. I think ND's gonna beat him, and then I think he's gonna go to the Jets, and I think he's gonna suck on the Jets <laughs> because he's on the Jets. So I, Trevor's in trouble. If Trevor throws a pick to ND and loses, I think he should hold. I think yeah, Trevor will probably be a good NFL player anywhere else, but. Uh, if I was Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't go to the Jets because I don't think he's good enough to overcome that. I'm not sold. Yeah, that, that that's good. that's a discussion for our NFL draft <laughs> preview. Um, I guess you want to get into some some random college football playoff scenarios. Yeah, let's talk some some chaos scenarios. What what we think is gonna happen? Yeah, um, I guess after today's rankings came out, Florida only dropped one spot after losing to three win LSU at home. Or did I say Georgia? I meant Florida. Florida lost to LSU and they only dropped one spot because it was tie game. One of their players threw a shoe 20 yards down the field <laughs> after their team forced a 3-0 and LSU went down and kicked a 57-yard field goal to win the game. The odds makers have Bama's like a 17-point favorite against the Gators. I don't think there's very many people inside college football that are giving the Gators a chance to win that game. So I think if the Gators do win that game, they might be able to get into the playoff. I don't know. Would you have a Two loss SEC champ Gators over like the six and zero Ohio State. Um, I mean, I don't. Well, if ND wins, then I guess Clemson. I think you can put the Gators beating Alabama over a Clemson team with no quality wins. Yeah, I think you can do that. And Ohio State would be the three team there, but it's. So that would be Ohio I mean, State Alabama. It'd be Alabama, Ohio State, or mm-hmm. Alabama, ND, Ohio State, and then the fourth team, I guess. If ND wins and Florida were to win, beat Alabama, then we're number one. We're number one. We'd play the Gators then, basically. We'd play the Gators. Or Iowa State, <laughs> with a game against Oklahoma this week, I mean, two loss Iowa State with their best win being Oklahoma, or two loss Florida with their best win being Alabama, I guess Florida gets in. But Iowa State's ranked one spot above them right now. Iowa State at number six is very puzzling. I mean, I watched the Iowa State-Texas <laughs> game. Iowa State was ranked 13 at the time, and Texas had fourth and inches, up a touchdown. And if Texas gets that first down, Iowa State would be unranked right now. Or they'd be like 22. But Texas chokes the game, and all of a sudden Iowa State vaults up to number six. And they call, what the heck? Texas chokes the game, and Iowa State moves up all the way to number six. For Iowa State to get in the playoff, they definitely need Notre Dame to win. I guess in Florida's both Florida's losses have been one score losses. Although the LSU one isn't good. Florida the LSU loss is bad because that LSU team is very bad. And Coach O, <laughs> Coach O can't. Coach O doesn't know his X's and O's. So no, that's and he had a bunch of players opting out and freshman quarterback. Yeah, tough scenario. It's a tough scenario for Coach O. Uh, I mean, another team does A and M get A and M's ranked fifth at seven and one. A and M beat Florida at home. They lost to Bama by multiple scores. You see, I don't know how A and M gets in, especially if Bama wins, because then A and M would be four. A and M's also played way less games than everybody. Well, not way less. But they played less games than they've only played eight games, and they're gonna finish with eight games, I believe. And they're playing Tennessee this weekend. Oh, they are. Yeah, so they'll beat Tennessee and get to eight and one. Eight and one. I mean, but you can't put Texas A and M number four and have a rematch. Against Alabama. Yeah, you can't do that. When they right. already played in Alabama, beat them by 28. I, I, I think Iowa State leapfrogs them if they beat Oklahoma, and I think Florida... It's tough because Florida lost to them, but it was on the road, and it was by one score, and it was early in the season. I just think if you beat Alabama, the number one team in the country, you're getting into the playoff. 
in yeah. your conference yeah. champion? Florida definitely has to jump Iowa State if they beat Alabama. And they, I mean, a and is going to say that they got robbed, but I don't know. Don't lose to Alabama by four scores, I guess, is what I have to say to that. So if Florida beats Alabama, they're probably the four seed. The ND one. would be the one seed. That's if we beat Clemson. So if what happens? What happens if Clemson beats us and then Florida beats Alabama? If Clemson, so then ND and Clemson would just swap, right? Because Ohio State shouldn't leapfrog if it's a close loss. If it's a close loss. It's a close loss, I think, in in Florida beats Alabama. Yeah. Well, then you have chaos because <laughs> I guess Clemson will jump to number one, right? Clemson would be number one. Clemson would be one. Bama would be two. Bama two. In a close loss, ND, I think, I guess, in a close loss, ND would still have beaten every team on their schedule. Correct. But in in Alabama wouldn't have. I would, I mean, it's going to be Clemson 1, either Alabama or ND 2. I would put ND at 2. The committee would probably put Alabama at 2. So those two at 2 and 3. And then... And then is it 6-0 and Ohio State or... 6-0 and Ohio State versus 9-2 Florida? Yeah. I think you should give it to Florida. I, I do too. I don't think Ohio State deserves to be in the playoff at all. Period. I don't think the Big Ten should be rewarded. Ohio State, it wasn't up to them. They're going to get screwed in my fake scenario. But the Big Ten trying to take a stand or whatever and the rest of college football kind of laughing in their face and playing. Correct. The, the Big the, Ten didn't want to play football this year. And then they only came back as a PR move. Because Ohio State wanted to win a national championship. Yeah, and Justin Fields. Ohio State probably would have left the conference if they didn't play. Exactly. So, uh, Big Ten, the Big Ten does not deserve to have a team go to the college football playoff. They don't deserve to make money off this, the conference, whatever. I don't know if they do. I don't care. The Big Ten does not deserve to be in the college football playoff at all. And Ohio State kind of gets screwed there. But, I mean, that's why that's why ND's independent. There's yeah. just moron people that run these conferences have no idea what they're doing. I mean, I think you can make the argument that every single team in the top 10 would have a 6-0 and record that Ohio State is going to play this year. Yeah, and, and the other thing is Florida proved this week that it's, you, have, you play 10 games because games like this can happen. Correct. So, Florida's game against LSU, while they shouldn't have lost it, that was their seventh game in a row. Yeah. And they were playing Alabama the next week. So it was a classic trap game, look-ahead game. And it's a rivalry game. I mean, Florida-LSU play every single year. So, so Florida you, deserves to get in Ohio State. It, they definitely do. And yeah. I don't know if they will. And also in prior years, Ohio State's gotten killed by Iowa and Purdue. So even though Ohio State's really talented and the gap between them and the Big Ten seems to get bigger every year, you can't just say that Ohio State was going to finish 10-0 and if they played 10 games. Yeah, I, it's... And also, I'm not stopping this argument at Florida. I think if Ohio, Iowa State or Oklahoma... If Iowa State or Oklahoma, which one of them is going to win, I think that one of those two should be in over Ohio State, too. Yeah, I, I personally... I mean... I think you can definitely say that Ohio State's the better football. I think Florida could beat Ohio State on a neutral field. I think Ohio State's probably better, but it's hard to say that. Um, but I think Florida, the talent level, isn't. there's not a disparity there. Oklahoma, just the way they play football, I, I think a lot of people, including myself, are kind of sick of watching them just play flag football in the Big 12 with a good quarterback. Yeah, I guess. Win a Heisman and then get lose to Bama by 50 in the first round. But I guess, I but at the same time, at the same time, they do deserve it more than Ohio State. That's, and I would put them in over Ohio State because they played every single week basically. And if they beat Iowa State, then I mean, Iowa State and Ohio and Oklahoma 
both lost early in the season, too. They're playing pretty good football right now. Yeah, I agree. Oklahoma's playing really good football. And then also, when are we going to give Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina a shot at this thing? Coastal Carolina is 11-0. We need to talk about Coastal Carolina. If, if Coastal Carolina beats Louisiana Lafayette this week, they'll be Sunbelt champs. Sunbelt's a good conference. Might have better teams in it than the Big Ten West. <laughs> the Sunbelt is a great conference. Coastal Carolina is going to go 12-0. That would be double the wins as Ohio State. And then Cincinnati, well, they kind of got screwed by COVID. Cincinnati started at 7, and they haven't played since November 21st, and they've dropped two spots. So Cincinnati, there's just no path for Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina to make it to the playoff this year. And if these teams aren't going to be able to make it to the playoff this year, well, then they're never going to be able to make it to the playoff. That's I just agree. That's just a fact. Yeah. So we might as well just let them break off and have Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina play for their own championship. I would love that. That would be... I mean, that's the Coastal Carolina. What are they, what are they doing in these? What, yeah, what are they doing in these rankings right now? I don't know. I don't understand. So Cincinnati, like the fact that they haven't played in a week long time, they never actually beat anybody really. Uh, I guess you can say it's like. But they were fine. killing teams, running they fake were. punts in the fourth quarter up forty. <laughs> yeah, ex- I agree. Coast Cincinnati doesn't deserve to keep dropping the rankings. They did get screwed, but Coastal Carolina is really in my. They're really getting screwed because they. I don't understand how they're only ranked 12th. It doesn't even make sense to me. They've beaten... I mean, if the committee wants to say that BYU is the 17th best team in the country, they beat them. If they want to say that Louisiana Lafayette's the 19th best team in the country, they beat them on the road. And they're going to have a chance to beat them again. Yeah, and they're going to have a chance to beat them again. And they're, they have the most wins of any team in the country, period. Nobody has 11 wins but Coastal Carolina. That's a Correct. fact. That's a fact. In Coastal Carolina... Coastal Carolina goes to play every single week. Ohio State doesn't. That's no. a fact. And a lot of these teams... It just doesn't. Uh, it's they're getting screwed. Indiana doesn't de- deserve to be ranked above them. I don't think. I I don't think Cincinnati deserves to be ranked above them. I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me. Like I understand, like oh well, Cincinnati was blowing teams out, but Coastal Carolina was beating teams that the c- playoff committee says are the seventeenth and nineteenth best teams in the co- entire country, and Coastal Carolina was beating those teams. So, in Georgia, I don't understand what Georgia's doing. It is great defense, sure. What have they done? They just lose every good game they're in. <laughs> All they do is lose and throw two interceptions and put up 14 points. I, Georgia doesn't deserve to be eighth at all. I think the dogs have the best, maybe no, the best defense in the country. There's definitely a lot of SEC bias in here. The SEC bias I mean, is Florida ridiculous. Florida should have dropped to like number 10 or something. Yeah. But then they should have been able to skyrocket from 10 to 4. But now the committee keeping them at 7 gives them a great chance to make it into the playoff, even if they beat Alabama. Yeah, I... I don't know. It's bad. And and also, the Pac-12, we can throw them into the mix. They have 3-2 and two Oregon playing in their conference championship game. Against 5-0 and o USC. Against 5-0 and o USC. But how is... I understand that Ohio State's a much better team right now. Ohio USC is definitely a fraud at 5-0. and o. <laughs> They probably shouldn't be 5-0. I don't think they're good. They have a bad coach. They don't have a... They have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and a quarterback who's supposed to be good, but they always have a quarterback who's supposed to be good that's never actually very good. But... The USC at 5-0 and is ranked 13th, so you're saying, okay, a team that hasn't beaten anybody that's only played five games shouldn't be ranked that high. They're ranked below Coastal Carolina, who the committee clearly has a vendetta against. But then you put Ohio State at four just because they were good last year and good the year before. I, it's such a really dangerous precedent, I think, if you keep Ohio State at four for the committee. You, the, what, Alabama should say, okay, we're going to go play. We're gonna go, next year we're going to play our game against... LSU, Georgia, and Florida, whoever they play next year, like we'll play, th- we'll play four games. 
and you'll you'll keep us in the playoff. Why should they why should they risk playing these games against Mizzou or whoever every week? I agree. And then there's people out there that saying Notre Dame needs to play, you know, thirteen games to make it into the playoff. Yeah, and it, that, that it makes because no they sense. don't play a conference championship game, they shouldn't be considered. That but, was twelve that was ranked that was comparing Notre Dame twelve games against everybody else thirteen. Not Ohio State six games and everybody else ten and eleven. It makes no sense. The uh, the inconsistencies and and the people some of the people saying that are the people that are in the national media that vote on this crap and they're like, Oh well, it's Ohio State, you know, it's you can't keep Ohio State out of the playoff. It's not their fault. Well I don't care. I don't care whose fault it is. They don't deserve to be in. I just don't care. And it's just I find it ridiculous and it's it sets a really dangerous precedent. Because why does Clemson play anybody next year? Why does Clemson just say, Well, we're Clemson? Let us into the playoff. We're not gonna play. <laughs> we're not playing, just let us into the playoff. We'll play our playoff game. And what are they going to do? <laughs> like, well, hey, you're right. They won 10 games last year, so. Yeah, I mean. Here you go, Dabo. I guess you can get in. <laughs> the ACC refs are already given to everything Dabo says. Why wouldn't the playoff committee? It makes no sense. It's it's stupid that Ohio State is in the playoff right now. Yeah, and if Ohio State gets in, they're going to be at a disadvantage because they haven't gotten to improve over the course of the season. I mean, the only way you get better is by playing games. So they haven't been able to do that. So I think automatically they're at a severe disadvantage when they go against Alabama, Clemson, or Notre Dame. Yeah. The fact that these teams are double the weeks ahead of them, basically, in their improvement. But on the other hand, they're coming in much healthier than every other team. They have no games, so they have no injuries. Their whole team is going to be fully healthy and fully ready to go. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame, our center, our center went down. I mean, our Notre Dame, our center went down during the BC game. That was like our eighth game. So if we play an Ohio State schedule, we have our center back. Yeah, I... It... It's it's pretty it's very unfair and just I think it's really dumb for them to I mean like th- that conference is such a Michigan canceled three straight games. What did Michigan canceled three straight games because they're trash. Is basically what they did. They said it was cuz of COVID. It's been a it's been a month. I I don't understand what's happening in Michigan right now where they have to cancel that game other than the fact that they I, I mean there's people saying they want to screw over Ohio State, but I don't know if the Big 10 would even let them do that. Because the Big Ten is so desperate to get Ohio State in now that they realize that they messed up big time. And I don't know. If Ohio State even played like nine games, I would or eight games, I would say they should get in. But six games when your best win is against Indiana is such a joke. Indiana football isn't good. I don't no. that is such a fake Indiana football is like, yeah, magical run. It was fun. But that's they barely beat Indiana and Indiana's not very good. They have a good quarterback. Correct. They were up big against Indiana and they didn't let Indiana come back. I think the only way I put Ohio State in is if Notre Dame beat Clemson, I think Ohio State would be above Clemson. Because at that point, Clemson would have the same win as in, that Ohio State has, basically. Yeah. I I keep Ohio State over Texas A&M. I don't want to see Alabama play Texas A&M. And Texas A&M I'm can't. fine with that, I guess. But then if you have, like, Iowa State, Florida... Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, like those are conference champions that played a full season. Yeah, I, it doesn't make it. It makes no sense. And uh, can you even call Ohio State a conference champion if they beat Northwestern? This will Nebraska. They're, they're favored by twenty. <laughs> Northwestern, a team that who's playing football for Northwestern? <laughs> I, I, I don't Benny Sco, who transferred to ND. That's the, that's the greatest player in Northwestern history. They have the, Ohio State's beating Nebraska at home. Wow, that an incredible win! Nebraska at home. Nebraska is terrible. Penn State by they beat Penn barely. They beat Penn State by two scores, and Penn State is god awful this year. They let up twenty seven points against Rutgers at home. 
Rutgers got awful. Uh, they beat Indiana by one score at home. Indiana pretender. They beat Michigan State on the road. I guess that's a quality win. Good old Michigan State, who hasn't been relevant in a couple of years, is North, blocking up Hunt. Northwestern's last uh, four recruiting classes, or I guess, does the class of 2020, do they, those players play this year? No, class of 2019 is this year's freshman, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, I guess class of 2020 plays this year. Either way, in 2016, they were ranked 10th in the Big Ten for recruiting. Then it's like 10th, 12th, 11th, 14th, 11th, 10th. It's terrible. <laughs> they have no talent. There's no talent. It's just a bunch of guys that are really good at school. It, it's like uh, Ohio State, uh, it just makes no sense that the Ohio State should be in the playoff. They have no – They Coastal Carolina has more quality wins than them, I think. I think BYU could probably beat Indiana Northwestern on neutral field. I don't know. Coastal Carolina being ranked 12th, but Ohio State being ranked 4th. Grinds my gears. I think it's absurd and sets a horrible precedent. And it's just that that is a hundred percent just oh, it's Ohio State. And if you do that with every program in the country, it's like I got understand that Ohio State's good, but not every great program is great every single season. So, and you have no idea. This Ohio State team could be a pretender, but we have no idea because they haven't played a real team. So, for like USC, if, if you just said oh, it's USC then you would never realize that that team is trash if they only played four games every season, which, like this year, they're 5-0. and Oh, it's USC, legendary program. USC is trash. Ohio State is trash. I don't... Or, no, they're not trash. That's, that was, Ohio State hasn't proven that they're not trash. Yeah. I don't... So, yeah, Indiana's, Indiana's 2017 recruiting ranking, basically they're seniors on the team right now, 13th in the Big Ten. <laughs> I mean, they have no talent either. There's no talent, and it doesn't make sense that... Oh, if I... If Indiana lost that game to Penn State in week one, then this wouldn't even that wouldn't even be considered a quality win in Ohio State would have nothing on their resume. That's oh, it's it's annoying that they're ranked. Coastal Carolina's getting robbed. That's all I like I can't even if I was a coastal if I was a diehard Coastal Carolina fan and I was looking at these rankings, I wouldn't even I couldn't even fathom how I'd feel, how slighted I would feel because this is there's so many inconsistencies and contradictions. It doesn't even make sense. How do you beat the number 17 and 19 team in the country and go 11-0 and when you're ranked 12th? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How does that, what does that make? That doesn't even make sense. There's a lot of bias. And, I mean, I don't know. The committee, I don't believe in expanding the playoff. I think college football having every regular season game matter as much as it does is important to the game. And that I think that plays a big role in college football. But the p- committee is making a case to expand their own playoff right now with how they're robbing some of these teams and how they're letting Ohio State in. It's beyond me. All right, so let's go through our last last scenario. Let's just say Alabama wins, Notre Dame wins, Ohio State wins. Whether we like it or not, Ohio State will be in the playoff with Notre Dame and Alabama. So who would be the, who'd be the fourth team? I guess you have to – let's just say Iowa State wins. So you'd have to pick from Clemson, Texas A&M, and Iowa State. Well, the only Iowa State's the only conference champion out of that group. They would be the only conference champion out of that group. And Iowa State has the best win out of that group, I believe. Right? Iowa State, yeah, they would beat Oklahoma twice. So I, I think Iowa State gets into the playoff. I think that's Iowa State's path. I, Iowa State-Bama. I think Iowa State-Bama, that's the path. Yeah, I guess. And I don't think that would end well for Iowa State. 
But that's the path. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you beat Bama twice, or if you beat Oklahoma twice, Bama's playing Oklahoma football right now. Air raid, throw the ball 45 times, yeah, four verts every play to Devonta Smith. It's, it's, it's Saban's version. It's probably better. Their defense probably is better. But Iowa State has the blueprint to beat Mac Jones. Mac Jones isn't as talented as Spencer Rattler. So you've beaten a more talented quarterback twice. Yeah, I guess. They'll have the blueprint. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying Iowa State will win. I don't, personally, I, I think Alabama would win that game by four scores. <laughs> but I think Iowa that, State gets in, and I think they have the blueprint. Yeah, if, Alabama wins by so four, talent. if Alabama wins by four scores, they may not even cover the spread. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of the least watched college football playoff games of all time. Or maybe one of the most watched because people just want to see yeah, Iowa I, State play in the playoff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, you, if the committee only dropped Florida one spot for the loss against... LSU, then I don't know how they could drop Notre Dame very far or Clemson very far for these losses that are, that's about to happen. I, yeah, I. Clemson, it, it would be really. It would be extremely tough for them to leave Clemson out for Iowa State. I don't. Clemson and Alabama is going to draw ratings, is my point. If Clemson loses, Dabo in the post game press conference is going to complain. He's going to blame the refs, and he's going to say that Clemson is one of the four best teams. Also, Dabo is definitely, yeah, you're right. Dabo is way more influential than every other coach in terms of he complains and he gets what he wants. In every scenario, he always gets, I've never seen Saban complain that much and get what he wants even. Like, Dabo, I don't know. Dabo just always finds a way to get what he wants. And also, I mean, Oklahoma, um, I think Oklahoma beating Iowa State would get in over Clemson just because it's Oklahoma, even though, dude, I don't think we need to see Oklahoma in the playoff again. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, I don't know. Would Oklahoma draw ratings in the college football playoff at this point even? I think, I don't know. We've seen it so many From a times. national audience? Like, the college football so. fans would still watch, but I don't, does a national audience really care about Oklahoma, Alabama, and Bama mm-hmm. win that game by 30? Yeah, I don't think so. I think, I think Iowa State is a better, I think the big, Big 12 should want Iowa State in there. If Iowa State gets, gets in Iowa and they State get embarrassed... Iowa State doesn't play flag football. If Iowa State gets in and they get embarrassed, it's, nobody's like, oh, the Big 12's a joke. Iowa, but if Oklahoma gets in and gets embarrassed for like the fourth time in a row, then people are like, oh, that's the best the Big 12 can get. But nobody really... I don't know. I think the Big 12 will want Iowa State. I think ratings-wise, Iowa State probably helps more than Oklahoma. So I think maybe... The people over uh, the TV companies will be rooting for Iowa State in that game just because <laughs> it would be so weird if they were in the playoff. But overall, I think I mean, it's tough to leave Clemson out. I don't see how they got left out for Iowa State. I just don't see it happening, sadly, even though I think the conference champion should probably get in if we want to value conference championships as much as we have the last couple of years. But that's the, pl- that's the committee for you. They love to contradict themselves, so who knows. I guess should, we, should we move on to the Heisman Trophy? Oh, yeah, let's talk Heisman Trophy. Yeah, so the Heisman Trophy odds right now, Mac Jones is favored at minus 200, and then Kyle Trask is next best odds at plus 215, Devontae Smith, then Ian Book, then Trevor Lawrence. I guess I would probably toss Kyle Trask right out. You just lost LSU at home, and you're not... I'm just assuming that they're not going to be at Alabama. So you have three losses. You played good football, but... I mean, your last... Your last two moments when America saw you on the field, you lost. So I don't think I don't know how you can be top three. Mm-hmm. And then, you if Notre Dame wins and beats Clemson, I don't know how Ian Book is not 
in the top three. He's been amazing in the last month of the season, and you just quarterbacked your team to 11-0 season. So what other 11-0 team would not have their quarterback in the Heisman Trophy uh, presentation? I know that he hasn't he doesn't have the best stats, but he probably has 20 touchdowns and two interceptions. And he threw one interception week one, and they threw one last week, just forcing it downfield, trying something out. But he's done. He's taken care of the ball well all season. But I think my Heisman Trophy winner would be Devontae Smith. I think he's the best player in the game. Nobody's been able to guard him. And then last week, he took a punt back to the to the end zone. So he scored a punt return touchdown. He just runs deep. You can't stop him. And if he stops and doesn't run deep and he does like a slant or a comeback route, you can't stop him. So he basically makes Alabama heart unbeatable, I think, because I don't, I don't know who in college football is guarding him. And he's definitely, I think, the best player in college football. So I would, I would give the Heisman Trophy to Devontae Smith. Yeah, for for me, I don't think Mac Jones should be favored. I don't think Mac Jones should win the Heisman. I think, I I think sometimes, especially this year right now, the stats get looked into too much, and it's oh, this guy has, I don't know, just the stats might be overthinking it a bit, especially in a year like this where there's I don't know, everyone's played a different amount of games. Um, I don't I don't understand how Trevor Lawrence even has odds because his stats haven't been. It's not like he was throwing for four hundred fifty yards and four touchdowns every single game, and he's he missed half their games and. Um, not half the game. He missed two or whatever games, and I don't know. I don't really understand how Trevor Lawrence has odds, uh, or is top five, top four for Heisman right now. Um, so I I'm not counting him. I don't think Trevor Lawrence should be the Heisman winner unless he plays out of his mind at ND and none of these other guys play very well. Then he has a case, I guess. Um, Mac Jones, I he never he hasn't really had a Heisman moment. I think that's important. I think that goes uh, uh I think that gets underlooked sometimes. Whereas Devonta Smith, I mean, he would have like a, it's like a four touchdown receiving game or something, two hundred ninety yards. I that I think what Devonta Smith is doing, and also if you have two guys on the same team, a quarterback and a wide receiver in the top three of Heisman voting, I think I think the, a lot of Mac Jones's greatness this year, if you want to call it that, has been because he's throwing to one of the best receivers and call it one of the best receivers we've seen in a long time in college football. It seems like, and Devonta Smith is dominating on just a different level than everybody else. And I don't understand how in the past none of those Alabama QBs were ever considered for Heisman other than before Tua really, throwing to guys like Julio and Cooper. And they weren't putting up incredible stats because they were feeding the running backs a lot. But it was always, like Amari Cooper was always considered a Heisman Trophy front runner. I don't know. It's weird to me that Devonta Smith – Devonta Smith I feel like is getting overlooked and Mac Jones is getting underlooked when it comes to Bama uh, offensive players. And he has – 1,300 yards from scrimmage and 16 touchdowns this season. He's just been a beast. And Mac Jones has put up great stats, but I don't know. Mac Jones just hasn't screened Heisman to me this year, whereas talking about Heisman moments gets me to Ian Book. Very biased. But that 90, the 92nd 90 90-yard drive down a touchdown against Clemson is one of the most clutch 90 seconds of football ever, I think, college football ever, period. One of the biggest wins, one of the biggest comebacks, and then in overtime, he was just absolutely money in that game. And his stats, they're not, he's not lighting the world on fire, but that dude, the leadership and the clutch ability and the poise and the big-time throws that he's shown this year, that's that's what the Heisman's all about, I think. It's just, and isn't the, the thing about the Heisman, like, oh, you're you're a leader, that, that is, that's supposed to have something to do with it at least. And he's just, I think Ian Book, his 
His stats aren't going to jump off the page at you like Joe Burrow's last year, but similar to Joe Burrow last year, he just has the swagger and the confidence and the leadership, um, and he's winning, and he's clutch, and I think Ian Book is bringing to the table exactly what you want in a Heisman quarterback, and I guess we'll see this weekend if Mac Jones really has it, and Kyle Trask was my guy all year. I Last season, I or last season we took over halfway through the year. I really liked what I saw, so I... Um, I was telling people before the season, anyone that would listen to Kyle Trask was going to be good. And he's kind of had a Joe Burrow-like a kind of massive improvement. I didn't think he'd be this good. Um, but I guess he did kind of choke it with his loss against LSU. He kind of choked his shot at the Heisman, even though his his numbers have been... Uh, if you want to talk about guys winning the Heisman because of numbers, he's the he's the guy you'd look at right now in terms of just ridiculous passing stats. So, And then Justin Fields is the sixth best odds. You're playing six games, so tell me how that happens. He threw uh, five interceptions. I mean, not five, three interceptions against Indiana in the marquee win for the, for Ohio State. So yeah, he is. He's not winning the. I don't understand how he even has odds. How how does what's I think what's Najee Harris's odds? I don't know, but is he? How is Justin Fields a better odds than Najee Harris? Najee Harris, if Notre Dame loses to Alabama, if Notre Dame loses to Clemson. I guess my top three would probably be Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith. Najee Harris has 22 touchdowns this season. <clears throat> All right, so how is Najee Harris? I don't understand mm-hmm. how He's Najee He's 1,000 yards rushing and 22 touchdowns. He has 1,300 yards from scrimmage, which is the same as Devonta Smith, and six more touchdowns. Right. And as great as Devonta Smith has been, I mean, De- Najee Harris, Najee Harris, when you watch that Alabama team, is the most, in my opinion, he scares me a lot more than that passing game. He is a freak, and he can catch. He's the first Bama running back other than Josh Jacobs in a while that can catch, too. He is he's a freak. I, mean, I, would, I would have him in, in ahead of uh, Trevor in the Heisman odds. I agree. I just, yeah, I, I don't understand Najee, how Trevor's in there. Najee Harris is probably not playing the third quarter in most of these games. No. He, he's averaging six yards a carry, too. He, in the backup, has six touchdowns. Yeah, Najee Harris could easily have thirty touchdowns if he played more time. So I, if if Notre Dame wins, I'd have Ian Book, Devontae Smith, and Mac Jones. Notre Dame loses, I'd have all the all three Bama players, and Devontae Smith is probably winning no matter what, because I think he's just overall the best player. Yeah, I, I agree with. I don't know. I. It's yeah. I don't think Mac Jones should be the Heisman if. With skill position players this good, you can attribute some of that to the quarterback. Like obviously, it's a group effort. It's a team sport. I'm not saying that Mac Jones is a product of what's around him 100%, but handing it off to the best running back in college football and throwing it to the best wide receiver in college football in a season where they really haven't played amazing opponents. Um, I guess if Georgia was the best defense they played, Mac was good in that game. But I don't know. It's just... It, I don't understand. I don't love the Mac Jones Heisman. I, he just hasn't. There was never that like magic. Maybe maybe we'll get it this weekend, but Mac Jones just every other Heisman has like that amazing game that everyone's tuned into and they lead a two minute drill or something crazy like that. And Mac Jones just doesn't have that. <laughs> I don't. And also, I don't, yeah, I don't know. He's just not like the heart and soul of his own team. Even I don't. It doesn't make sense to me that Mac Jones is the highest runner, but he has. I, he's proved a lot of people wrong. Everyone was calling for the freshman to start this year. That guy Bryce Young, pretty hype recruit. So, I don't know. Good for good for Mac Jones. He's he's had a great season. I can't take that away from him. But I, he's just not my Heisman. I think I'd give bias. But if I was voting, I'd, I'd say Book would be my Heisman right now, and Najee would be my second. 
So what if Book loses to Clemson? Well, that then Book doesn't get it. So Book, you give it to Najee? I give it to if Najee. If Najee rushes for five touchdowns against Florida? Yes, I did definitely give it to Najee. But uh, if Book beats Clemson again and plays well, give it to Book. Book's the Heisman. Book it. Yeah, I couldn't argue with that. He's a winner. I don't see anyone else on that list that like, screams winner to me, really. Besides Trevor. Trevor's a winner. I'm not sold, but he I mean, he wins games, bottom line. So I'll give him that. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I guess uh, I think we need to talk about Auburn firing Gus Malzahn before we end this end this show. Uh, this one doesn't really make any sense to me. I guess I get that Auburn hasn't had a great season this year. Their offense hasn't looked very good. Bonex is not the best quarterback. <laughs> but, I mean, Gus Malzahn has played. He's beaten Alabama three times at home, 2013, 2017, 2019, as a home underdog, and he's beaten Saban three times with less talent. Auburn gets good players, but they're the second-best team in their own state. I mean, that's kind of hard to recruit when you're the second-best team in your own state. And he was also the offensive coordinator for Auburn when they won the national championship with Cam Newton. So, I don't know. I think Gus is a good coach. I think he's got a good offense. This year, he hired this offensive coordinator from Arkansas. Arkansas's head coach, Chad Morris, was Gus's offensive coordinator this year. So, that just doesn't look good. <laughs> when you hire the Arkansas <laughs> head coach as your offensive coordinator. So, I don't know what Gus is doing. Gus is only a good head coach when he controls the offense. But when Gus is giving the offense over to this guy coming in from Arkansas, that one didn't make very much sense to me. So, I don't know. I just think... Who is Auburn going to get that's going to compete with Saban as much as Gus has? I mean, who's beaten Saban three times in college football in I, their career? And the other thing about Gus, yeah, I don't... I mean, Urban Meyer's beat him wh- twice, Where is Auburn maybe? going from here? I don't... Are they going after Harbaugh? I don't know. I saw some people complaining that he hasn't, you know... I mean, he got he also got him to a national championship game, which they're up 21-3. to And I guess they kind of choked that one. They had but, an NFL uh, corner playing QB for them in that game, so... I don't know. What, what can you do when you have a cornerback play QB? The guy that played quarterback for them in that game is playing corner on a practice squad in the NFL right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I don't know. I just think people in Auburn are complaining that they are very inconsistent. They Every single every other year, they're not a good team. But every other year, they're a good team and they beat Alabama. Like, wouldn't you take that if you're an Auburn fan? Yeah. It, Gus Malzahn took over a team that won zero SEC games in 2012. Yes. He took them over. And then a year later, won the SEC championship and went to the Natty. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. He's brought that program because they had Cam Newton one time ten years ago. One, <laughs> never had. They couldn't even recruit him. They got him to transfer. They are never getting Cam Newton ever again. Suddenly, think they're on Alabama's level. They can fire guys that won the Coach of the Year award and took them to a Natty less than five, six years ago, and a guy that can beat Nick Saban. Yeah, exactly. What is what is Auburn gonna get? I don't know. I mean, people in Auburn are saying that you know he hasn't got us the national championship game, or he hasn't won the SEC championship, or whatever they're saying about Gus. Well. The only way you win a national championship or an SEC championship is if you have to go through Alabama and Nick Saban. And also, if you want to talk about SEC, SEC coaches, Vanderbilt just hired Clark Lee from ND, the defensive coordinator. How does What is Auburn going to do, do that's better than Clark Lee? I think Vandy probably has a better coaching hire than whatever Auburn's about to pull out. They hire the Florida offensive coordinator or something. I don't know what Auburn's going to do. Yeah, and they're also have, they're also paying Gus $21 million to walk out the door. Auburn's identity is ground and pound and good defense, and I don't know what they want. Yeah. I mean, Gus, what killed him was tying himself to Bo Nix, I think. I don't know why he did that. Yeah, that was a bad move. He but tied himself Bo to Nicks Bo Nix. Bo beat Alabama, though. He beat Alabama. I guess. You, ha- you have to give Bo Nix that, but Bo Nix never got stinks. better. He never got better, and he's the, he's the type of QB to lose games to the teams that they 
he he loses bad games. So it's tying yourself to Bo Nix was not a great move. In this Arkansas not a great guy. Move. What? In this Arkansas offensive coordinator. Yeah, that. But I guess then you. But I mean, I don't know. People complain that Jim Harbaugh has never beaten Ohio State and Urban Meyer. Uh, if I'm Michigan, why wouldn't you fire Urban or Jim Harbaugh and hire Gus? Gus has literally done the exact job that you're looking for. A yeah, team to win 10 games and a team, a team to have less talent and beat a team, your arch rival, with more talent. You don't have to go into Ohio State and win. Gus never went into Alabama and win. But when your rival comes onto your home turf, you defend it. And that's what Gus did. Three out of the last four years. Never had a losing record as head coach of the Auburn Tigers also. So, I, I, I think know. Gus is a good coach. I like Gus. And if I'm Michigan... He does the exact job that you're looking for. Yeah, I think I think that would be a good hire for Michigan. And he also runs an offense that doesn't go single back, eye formation on second and nine, and run it right up the gut. <laughs> That's all Michigan does, yeah. is run the ball on first and second down. And throw two-yard outs. Yeah, do maybe a bootleg or something. Yeah. Gus, Gus will put him on, in shotgun and at least give the Ohio State defense something to think about. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Auburn's doing. Um, I think Hugh Freeze right now. Yeah, who, who Hugh Freeze. Freeze is the favorite there. That guy got fired from Ole Miss like three years ago for like. Yeah, he's rebuilding Liberty for cheating or I don't know what he did. Yeah, I don't know why you're hiring the Liberty. I mean, I understand the coach at Ole Miss, but also like, what did Hugh Freeze? Hugh Freeze is the definition of great recruits. No results on the field when he coached <laughs> at Ole Miss. That guy, like, oh, he brings in a five star. Like he, what did Hugh Freeze ever do? I don't. I'm not it's sold the, on Hugh the Freeze. The Oregon, the Oregon coaches up there. So is the Louisiana coach, and so is Auburn's defensive coordinator. Hugh Freeze claimed to fans that he he recruited Michael Orr. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why we, I don't know if they hire Hugh Freeze. I don't know what they're doing. I don't see how that's a vertical move at all for them. And his last year at Ole Miss, he went five and seven. So, oh wait, no, we might have vacated wins. I don't. The vacated wins make looking back on some of these coaches really confusing. So, yeah, those were definitely vacated wins. But, yeah, I don't I don't know what Auburn's really doing. I don't. I think they think that they're on the same level as Auburn, maybe, or as Alabama and Georgia. Uh, and I don't think that program really is. I think, I, think, I think Gus has a lot left in the tank. I do, too, and I don't, I don't know. That, I don't see how you can go up. There's, I don't see where the improvement is. What, who do you see around the country right now that's available? Is Bob Stoops coming out of retirement? You're, you're bringing the air raid to the SEC? I don't... There's just no... Is Urban coming out of retirement to go coach Auburn? No. It doesn't make any sense. It does, I don't... Unless you're bringing a guy out of retirement that's not going to come to Auburn, but you want to come to Auburn. Uh, you really... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think... I think Mario Cristobal or Lane Kiffin or Hugh Freeze is going to change this program. Art Bryles, I don't. There's nowhere but nowhere but down for Auburn from here, and that's why, that program will constantly be chasing, the next Cam Newton, and it's never going to happen. I agree. That's all I got. Same. All right. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at biased underscore underscore opinion. Uh, we'll tweet every time we have a new episode. Probably be back next week with another episode. And uh, thanks for listening.